Friday in the Pac-12 has got one game in particular that represents everything that's great with college football. We'll tell you why. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Shout out to everybody who's done so already for supporting the show, which today is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we can't talk about Arizona and Arizona State without my man Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36 on Twitter, host of Locked On Sun Devils. And Richie, I, I love what this Arizona, Arizona State game, duel in the desert as it is often referred to, represents. Because to me, it represents everything that's great with college football. Not because both teams are having sub-500 seasons and they won't be going to a bowl game, but also exactly because of that. Because I know that you are feeling a great sense of angst, anxiety, excitement, even though it's between a three and seven and f- or three and eight and four and seven team. And yet, I imagine you're pretty juiced for this one. I know I am. Hundred percent. And I think you nailed it. With uh, this is what makes college football so great is. You have these two teams that are sub 500. There's no bowl eligibility here. There, there's nothing on the line but pride. And these two teams absolutely hate each other. For people who don't know, this is the oldest cup rivalry in college football. This is the first ever territorial cup was in 1898, back when Arizona State was Arizona normal. So it wasn't even a state university at the time. And like this... This is just nothing short of we hate you so much that it it, it is entirely personal. Like there's it, it it's one of the best rivalries that no one talks about in college football. We all want to watch the Iron Bowl. We all want to watch the game with Michigan and Ohio State. But the Territorial Cup and the Duel in the Desert is just a fascinating game to watch because there is just no love loss. And these two teams have no respect for each other in terms of when when the when the game is on like that all they care about is just beating the snot out of each other and for just pure pride this year Arizona State's riding a five game win streak U of A completely outdid any of their expectations for this year and they certainly are going to want to bring the cup back home especially with it being in Tucson this year there there's a lot to watch in this game even for two teams that are combined under 10 wins yeah, I I am just so fascinated by it. And I, I think, you know, this is one of the sharpest contrasts between the professional game and the college game. If you had a three and ten Jets team against the two and eleven Texans, nobody nobody cares. And rivalries aren't even as exciting in the NFL because the biggest rivals usually play twice a year because they're in division, but it's one game, it's one Saturday, bragging rights for an entire year on the line and you mentioned ASU has won five in a row in this matchup this may dishearten you Richie but I 
love the Wildcats in this game. They are going to be one of my Pac-12 prime picks at Arizona minus four. The game is in Tucson. And you may be saying, well, they got housed a year ago. Have they really come that far? I think it is a dramatic shift from where these two programs were at a season. You talk about, you know, I, I mentioned before the year, felt like Arizona was going like this upwards and Arizona State was kind of going downwards and they might bottom out if Herm Edwards got fired, which of course, unfortunately for for you and other ASU fans has come to pass. But I don't think Arizona State fans can rest on their laurels and say, well, we've won five in a row and we beat them bad last year. Like Arizona State is an underdog here for a reason in my view. They absolutely are an underdog. I mean, this is definitely the worst team between the two. Uh, there, there's plenty of reasons to be picking U of A in this, and no bigger reason than the fact that U of A has Jaden Delora, who is one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12, in spite of the fact that he throws a lot of interceptions. It turns out he throws even more touchdowns and throws a lot of yards, too. And he's completely rejuvenated a U of A offense that has been almost non-existent the last couple of years with guys like Will Plummer at the helm for the team. But now Arizona or uh, yeah, Arizona is feeling themselves and they want to be able to take away those bragging rights for the Sun Devils. You know, 70 to 7 was 2 years ago and they've lost 5 consecutive games. For what it's worth for my Arizona State fans, if you go on Twitter and go to the account at Arizona State ST clock it gives a countdown for every day that has passed <laughs> since the last U of A win, and it has been 2,139 days, 89 days since the last U of A win. And we're really hoping that that clock is going to continue to go. But you better believe that U of A fans are aware of the existence of that account and that if they do pull off the win on Friday, that they're going to blow that account up and they're going to retweet it and they're going to have a lot of fun with it. So... There's like, like I said, it's just, it's nothing but pride in this game and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic rivalry. There are a lot of good ones in the PAC 12 that are just pure heat, pure aggression, animosity, disgust, dislike between the fan bases. The duel in the desert is certainly one. I think the battle for Los Angeles, probably another Oregon mm -hmm. and Washington is right there. The it has a non, War. yeah, it has well, the game formerly known as the civil war, you know, whatever, but right. uh, it doesn't involve a second pac 12 team, but I think Utah BYU is, is on that sort of level. Like there aren't that many that really feel like Oregon, Oregon state is certainly at that level, but I think the amount of dislike between Arizona, Arizona state is, is arguably higher. Cause I think with Oregon and Oregon state that there's, some, not a lot, but there's like some small level of kind of understood mutual respect, just like mm -hmm. just a smidgen, not a lot. There's plenty of disdain, but I, I think this Arizona one is, is really compelling. Jaden Delore, by the way, does throw for a lot of yards. Did you know, Richie, he's fifth in the country in passing yards this season. Michael Penix is first. Jaden Delore is fifth. In the country. I know. Great for Michael Penix. Guy has stayed healthy. He's been really good. He's got Washington in a great spot. We'll talk about the Apple Cup on tomorrow's show. But I, I love rivalry week. I, I love that we already had a couple. You know, the big game last week, Cal and Stanford, and then the battle for Los Angeles. And uh, we'll get to the Cal and UCLA game later in, in the show because there are Pac-12 championship ramifications there. The Huskies rooting for Cal, the Utes rooting for UCLA in, in that one. But... Uh, Richie and I are going to get to the, the biggest factors that will decide 
this Arizona Arizona State game because Arizona's offense has been really good and I I think the biggest question is whether or not the ASU offense can match it and I think the Arizona defense allows for that. Richie will share his thoughts after I tell you about Bet Online, your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today where they've got Arizona currently as a four-point favorite over Arizona State and UCLA minus 10 at Cal. Or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the odds they've got. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Richie, so Jaden Delore is a big reason that I feel confident in, in Arizona in this game. It's at home as well. And the other factor that you have to keep in mind is... Last week was a very emotional one for Jaden Delora, not just because Arizona was playing for bowl eligibility and they weren't able to get it done. I mean, could you imagine if the Wildcats were playing for win number six mm-hmm. in this game instead of win number five? Stakes would be even higher, but they don't get it done against Washington State last week, and that was kind of a personal matchup for him. He's now coming into another highly emotional affair. I expect him to throw at least one interception because of that, but I think he is going to be even more dialed in than normal to go out there and and win this game. And I look at that Arizona State defense and say, you struggled to contain Bengal Branson running the football. You let him be pretty efficient throwing it. The Oregon State offense ran the ball very well. They have a better rushing attack than Arizona does. But I think this could be a big game for Jane Delore against the ASU defense. What do you see there? Oh, it absolutely should be. The Arizona State's defense has fallen off in the – uh, latter half of the year where they started off the year playing strong and above their ex- their uh, their expectations and above their probably talent level, they have quickly just fallen right back to earth. And while you've got some great players like Roe Torrance at corner and Chris Edmonds at safety, the rest of the guys back there can be a bit of a liability at times. And with a guy like Jaden Delora, who can air the ball out as well as anyone in the country, like you said, he's fifth in passing yards. That's not by accident. This is a very good thrower of the football, and he's got weapons too with Dorian Singer and uh, Jacob Cowing, who both are over. And don't forget, T- don't yeah, and don't forget T Mac too. T Mac mm-hmm. might be the best of the three, the true freshman. Yeah, they they've got tons of weapons to throw the ball around to, and Jaden Delore shouldn't have any issue airing the ball out against an Arizona State Sun Devils defense that has just been flat out run over in the last month of the season. And the, I don't really see that changing. I do agree with you that there could be some turnover potential. The Sun Devils haven't had a turnover in the last two weeks, but prior to that, they had at least one interception in every game this year. This is an opportunistic defense. They should be able to capitalize. And you would think that with the, the expectations for this game being favored in U of A, that, the Arizona State kids are going to want to prove something and pull a couple rabbits out of their hat and make some plays happen. Offensively for Arizona State, this is a Wildcats defense that has not been great this year. It's the reason they don't have more wins, frankly. I mean, their offense, you know, offensive line running game needs a little bit of work, but they throw the ball so well. I mean, you look at their their offense and their philosophy, it's kind of similar to Washington. And I mean, the Huskies are, of course, 
uh, a little better in that sense. But I mean, they've got top tier weapons. They've got a good and productive quarterback who makes a mistake every now and then, but also makes a fantastic play every now and then. But the biggest question, I think, for for Arizona and whether or not this game plays out the way that I think it will, which should be, in in my view, a, a solid Arizona victory, is how is the defense going to play? So what are the biggest factors for Arizona State going into this game with Arizona on offense? You just need to commit to Xavier X Valade. He's a thousand yard rusher. I want to say he's top three in the Pac-12. I believe he's leading the Pac-12 in rushing like attempts, something like that. But they need to continue to create a bell cow image with him and just give him the ball any which way they can. He's got 20, maybe even 30 receptions on the air as well. So this, this is a guy who Arizona state is going to want to give the football to early and often. It's not an accident that he's got as many touches as he has. And he's scored the scored a touchdown 16 times this year. He, he is the offense. If U of a plans to, take care of Arizona state, then they're going to need to do absolutely everything they can to eliminate X validate from this game plan, because for lack of a better term and pun intended, he is absolutely the X factor for this Arizona state Sun Devils (laughs) offense. And then for passing, we'll see what can happen. Uh, Elijah Badger is a true number one receiver for the Sun Devils and uh, tight end Jalen Conyers has broken out for the team, but I don't know if I trust Trenton Borgay or Emory Jones. I, I'm not 100% sure who you start in this game after Borgay's performance last week against Oregon State. But whoever it is, you just got to keep an eye out for uh, number two and number 12. I, I think you go with Borgay and don't sit him based on the performance against Oregon State, which has the best or second best defense in, in the Pac-12. They're mm-hmm. really, really good. So... I wouldn't bench him based on that, and I look at what Emory Jones did. I'm sure you're still upset about that Stanford game. I, I look at that and and say, uh, <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, he's not to not not thrilled with it. But I like that like that game to me is enough to say you got to just go with the other guy because I mean, yeah. Borgay put up points at Colorado. Borgay put up some points late against Washington State, but again, that's a tough environment and and a really really good defense up there in Pullman. Uh, also, a good call. Uh, uh, Valade does lead the Pac-12 in rushing attempts. He's got 20 more than any other back in the conference. Zach Charbonnet at 171. He's at 191. Uh, he's also one of the best uh, in the in the Pac-12 at, at yards per carry. But that that's kind of what the the equation has been offensively for Arizona State is a pretty balanced attack, right? I like they're they're not going to throw it 40 times. They're not going to run it 35 times. I think when ASU is at their best, they have some balance and they can get Valaday going. But Trenton Borgay is also completing passes to guys like Elijah Badger and and not making mistakes, not taking sacks when when he shouldn't. I think the Arizona defense presents an opportunity for them to to do that. But if Arizona, I, I have full confidence in Arizona scoring points in this game. And I don't know if you feel the same way, Richie, but if Arizona State can't find that offensive formula to move the ball, I think this could be a forgettable day for the Sun Devils because I think Arizona will score. Yes, it, it's going to be a shootout. This is not going to be a 17 to 10 ball game. This is going to end up being closer to a 38 35 kind of ball game. And if Arizona State is not able to move the ball through the air, then I don't know if you're going to be able to 
keep up with U of A because U of A is going to have very little resistance putting points up on the board against this Arizona State defense. Now, again, like I do believe that this Sun Devils defense will be able to force some turnovers and be able to give the offense some extra opportunities, but it's going to be up to you to do something with those opportunities because we've seen opportunities recently for the Sun Devils offense just not do anything with it. That UCLA game it in particular stands out to me where you could have won that game if the offense had better play calling, better execution, and just better results. But, you know, if, if, just big old if, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and if is not the not the word that you want to be using as a, as a college sports fan. Well, if this had happened, or if this had at least in the past tense, you know, pre- future tense, that's a that's a different matter. Uh, finally, before we get to Cal and UCLA and talk about what what could play out there, Richie, uh, let, let's do some quick predictions here on on this duel in the desert. I like Arizona. I I think Arizona State will be able to score some points, but I'll I'll go 37, I think 24. I I, I think this is going to be a game that Arizona, because they're at home, I would definitely feel feel different if they were on the road, but they had just 20 points at home last week. Now you're playing your rival. Now you're, you know, uh, a little bit ticked off after that loss to the Cougars, certainly for Jaden Delora as well with the personal history there. I I think this will be about 37-24. I think Arizona gets it done. Please don't hate me. No, not at all. I don't. I don't hate you whatsoever. Just know I'm never coming back on this podcast, and that <laughs> I'm blocking you on Twitter. <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, I haven't put too much thought into an actual score for this game just yet. I do think that Arizona State is going to be able to go down there and get the win. Uh, a, a lot of that is just some bias, obviously. Like there's just next to no part of me that is willing to take U of A in this game. I will absolutely admit that U of A is going to make this a game and that this is going to be a very close, very exciting game for college fans to watch. I I truly implore you to watch a three and eight Sun Devils versus a four and seven Wildcats because this is going to be be. a good game. I will be. Got nothing better to do on Friday night. Exactly. Enjoy, Enjoy yourself and treat yourself to one of the best rivalries in college football in spite of the records because it's throw it out throw the records out it, it this is a brand new season this is a one game season both teams are o and o going into this game and that's all that they care about let's go to the other game now cal and ucla and washington is rooting for cal and Utah is rooting for UCLA as they look to backdoor their way into the Pac-12 championship game. Now, the outcome here is moot if Oregon beats Oregon State or if Washington State beats Washington. But oh, it's, I know it's just it's been such a great year of Pac-12 football. I don't want it to come to a close, but I'm also really excited for this rivalry weekend. But this is an interesting game, Richie, because it's not a rivalry. And. The California Golden Bears are four and seven. The Bruins are eight and three. Cal is not going to a bowl game, but they won the game that matters, right? I mean, same kind of situation for them last week. Not going to a bowl game. Neither team is, but it's a big rivalry. Sellout crowd. You want to win. And now Cal is feeling good after that. And they're at home. And they play a UCLA team that suddenly has lost two in a row, Richie. They get upset with their look-ahead game, losing to Arizona. They look ahead to USC. They have a chance to win that game, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson just threw one too many interceptions, or else maybe they go down the field and, and score and win the game. But 
credit USC's defense because they got back to what they do best, and that's forcing turnovers. So now UCLA can't play for a Pac-12 championship. I saw Dorian Thompson-Robinson's face after that game. He was crushed. He was absolutely crushed because he knew that not only is this his last year, but this is the best chance UCLA's had to get to the Pac-12 championship game. They controlled their own fate, and they've let that opportunity slip through their fingers. But the biggest question I've got in this game for UCLA is how motivated are they going to be? They're going to a bowl game no matter what. But is the is the allure of a 10-win season, if you beat Cal and win a bowl game, enough for them to get up and be fired up to play a Cal Bears team that doesn't really have anything but pride to play for in a non-rivalry game. That that's the way I look at this game. It's it's there there's a lot more storyline here than people realize because again, like you like you mentioned you're not playing for a Pac-12 championship. This was the closest that DTR and the Bruins have been in DTR's reign, but also for quite some time for UCLA football. This was one of the best teams that they've put together with Chip Kelly and prior to him, the Josh Rosen days and otherwise. This this is a very good UCLA Bruins team. This is a deflating way to end the year with those back-to-back losses and the way they lost too. Like you said, looking ahead, the USC got you a pretty bad upset against U of A. Like you are definitively the better team than them and there was no reason to lose that game. And then last week against USC, like there's no loss in, or no shame in losing the USC, but the way they lost was deflating. All the interceptions that Dorian Thompson Robinson normally doesn't throw happened in that game. And it was just, again, deflating for the Bruins. So to go into this game against a Cal team that, like you said, is playing for pride, they're four and seven, they're not going to a bowl game this year, but they are going to be riding a little bit high off of that Stanford win, which is their Super Bowl. That's their territorial cup is playing Stanford and they're going to be wanting to ruin some dreams here for UCLA and again while UCLA doesn't have a shot for the Pac-12 championship there there is a difference between going nine and three and going eight and four and that bowl game could be you know a decent one or it could be the uh I'm trying to think of like a super generic bowl game like the like the mayonnaise bowl the cheese it bowl there you go the cheese yeah the cheese the cheese it bowl or the the red box bowl yeah bowl projection stuff we'll we'll get into that once the regular season impact 12 championship come to a close but um i don't know about all of you out there i am a big defender of bowl season i freaking love college football bowl season i don't know about you richie but i i'm sorry your sun devils won't be a part of it this year but I love having college football on. I love watching the conferences go against each other, see who's really good, see who's not. And I mean, I think it's all fascinating. The Pac-12 is so deep. Like UCLA could be like the number four bowl team this year. How many other teams have got a, 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 a team of, or how many other conferences have a team of UCLA's caliber as like their number four bowl team? I, I think right. the Pac-12 could have a great bowl season. They also haven't won a bowl game in a couple of years, and you've got six teams in the top 25, and they need to. We'll talk about all that a, a little bit later, but looking at the Cal Bears in this game, I, I, I question whether UCLA can get up for it. I think the Bruins will win because they're just the more talented team. Doesn't look like they're going to have their defensive coordinator, Bill McGovern, again, but the good news is they're going up against the Cal Bears offense that you know managed just 20 points a week ago. They got seven on a scoop and score from 
uh, from Stanford. That's how they won 27-20. to 20. It's a bad Stanford defense. Cal's offense can't really run the football. I, I think the biggest mismatch here is the UCLA defensive line. Byron and Grayson Murphy, and then Liatu Latu. Those three guys against that Cal offensive line, I think Jack Plummer could be pulling turf out of his face mask a number of times in this game. That's the biggest concern. I think Cal's got great weapons on the outside. Jay Knott's a really good running back. But the strength of that UCLA defense is the front four, particularly how they can get after the passer in in spurts. And this is a Cal offensive line, Richie. That's just They've just been bad all year. They struggled to run the ball against a putrid Stanford rush defense, and they, they struggled to consistently protect Plummer. They had to really rely on the quick passing game, and I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. And UCLA, even if they're not totally locked in, I feel like the Bruins just have so much more talent, so much more explosive potential on offense. I, I just don't see Cal being able to keep up. No, not at all, as long as everything plays out the way it's supposed to. But again, one of the things that you mentioned is like this, this could be a Bruins team that doesn't feel like they have as much to play for and might not take this game as seriously. You certainly hope that's not the case, but there that momentum's a thing, right? We talk about it all the time. Cal is riding off of that huge win against Stanford for them. UCLA is on a two-game skid. This this game might not go the way that it's supposed to go. But the way it's supposed to go is UCLA should handle this pretty pretty easily. This is just top to bottom a better team. The defense should be able to tee off. Like you said, that pass rush with Latu, they should have no issue. Just absolutely terrorizing Jack Plummer and whoever else is in that backfield for them but at the same time who knows what we see out of UCLA's offense like there there's no reason why UCLA shouldn't be able to drop 35 to 40 points easily and walk away victors yeah but, the, yeah just just real quick the Cal pass defense has been bad but the rush defense has been solid and, and I feel like through the air they've improved as the season has gone on and look more like the Cal defenses we, we expect to see mm-hmm. with Justin Wilcox at the helm I I think UCLA wins but I I would be willing to bet Richie that they get off to a slow start and it takes them a while to get going and then as they really get into the flow of the game they realize all right we're not losing three straight games and this is ridiculous and let's let's focus up and go out there and and make some plays. I'd be I'd be pretty shocked honestly if UCLA gets off to a hot start. I do think there's a little bit of emotional letdown potential for Cal as well because when you realize you're not making a bowl game, you hold one game on a pedestal, right? You look up at the Stanford game, say that's the one. That's our Super Bowl, that's our bowl game, whatever you want to call it. And then they win that and now they just have another game to play. So I I think both teams could be a little sluggish in the early going, and I think that favors Cal, but eventually I think UCLA's talent is just too much here. Agreed. That That's the way it should be, is UCLA should be able to take care of business. They probably won't be able to blow them blow them out the way that they're supposed to, based off of like talent level and everything, but that's the way I would anticipate this game going as well, is I think that UCLA will pull out the win. I feel confident about that. I just don't feel confident in a blowout or one of those victories where you feel like you did everything right and there's nothing to work on or continue correcting for the team. I think this will end up being a little bit of a learning game for the team who still has a bowl game left to play. And if they win this game in convincing fashion, 
they could get something decent like a holiday bowl or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think a holiday bowl would be a great spot. They, of course, were uh, unfortunately robbed of playing in that game a season ago because it, it got canceled because of uh, COVID issues in the NC State program. But uh, quick quick note here to wrap up the show. UCLA, if they win this game in their bowl game, would get 10 wins. That matches the most wins they've ever had in a season in program history. So maybe that's the message Chip Kelly and the staff are putting up on the wall. Like, hey, our ultimate goals are no longer within reach, but here's this goal here. And that's got to mean something to us. And uh, I think you got to figure out a way to motivate them. But uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson also playing his final two college football games. He's uh, such a fun player to watch. I I think he'll, you know, make enough plays in this game. Plenty of football coming this weekend, starting on Friday. Great to talk about it with Richie Bradshaw, Locked on Sun Devils host, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts, which is where you can find this show as well. Richie, it's good to talk to you as always, and uh, best of luck in the duel in the desert. I'll be checking in on your mental health over the course of that game. It's going to be all over the place because <laughs> when when this game comes on, I, I 100% lose control of my ability to think straight. This this is a game that I just, I, I, I am a total fan at this point. Like I'll, I'll do my best to be your number one analyst, but you you should probably look at more unbiased sources <laughs> if you're trying to keep up with this game. Noted on file. We're all fans at some level, and I know you are all as well, so I appreciate you listening. We will see you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.